The Productive Woman, Episode 461. Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan, and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me today. In this episode, we're following up on last week's episode and talking a little bit more about getting it all done. You'll find more information and links to some great articles and other resources that I mentioned in the episode, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 461. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander, one of my very favorite productivity tools. You can take your time back with the power of Text Expander. Repetitive typing, little mistakes, searching for answers, these all take precious time away from you. With Text Expander, you can take that time back. And they're offering the Productive Woman listeners 20% off your purchase if you use my link at textexpander.com/tpw and enter the code TPW when you order. You don't need to waste time typing or cutting and pasting things you've already worded perfectly. Simply create a snippet that you save in Text Expander, and you'll never need to retype again. Your snippets are saved to the cloud, so they're available on all your devices, Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. Now, If you haven't heard about this before, a snippet is an abbreviation, basically, a few keystrokes that will automatically expand into the text you've assigned it to. I have literally dozens, maybe a hundred or more snippets for frequently used texts. Everything from phone numbers, email addresses, my state bar numbers, because I'm licensed in two different states all the way up to longer messages comprised of several formatted paragraphs with frequently shared information for clients, colleagues, and others. You can also create snippets that will automatically correct typos in words you tend to misspell or mistype. And Text Expander Statistics Reporting lets you see how much time you save by using snippets for frequently used words, phrases, even whole messages with formatting and images in your emails, instructions, documents, anything you type on your computer, tablet, or smartphone. With Text Expander, you can work faster and smarter. You can use Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations to streamline and speed up everything you type. Create powerful snippets to save you time so that all you type is that short abbreviation and Text Expander does the rest of the typing for you. And if you work with a team, you can actually create efficiencies with your whole team by keeping your whole team communicating efficiently and with consistent language and sharing your snippets of messaging, signatures, and descriptions with everyone who works on projects with you. You can visit textexpander.com slash tpw to learn more and be sure to use my code tpw at checkout to get 20% off your purchase. I really couldn't function without Text Expander and I think you will find it useful as well if you spend any time at all typing things. So I look forward to hearing what you think about it. Visit textexpander.com slash tpw to learn more. All right, let's get into our main topic. Uh, Last week, we started a two-part series on getting it all done. 
not, not doing it all, but deciding what matters most to us and then getting all of that done. And last week I shared some things that I do personally to help me get the things done that I need and want to do. This week we'll be talking about some so-called best practices, some approaches, strategies, and tools that are recommended by many of those we might call productivity experts. I went out and did some research and kind of compiled some thoughts from various sources, and I'll mention some articles and other things. All of those will be linked in the show notes, so you can check those out if you want more ideas or inspiration for your own productivity journey. So 10 strategies, approaches, tools, that might be considered best practices in terms of getting it all done. Number one on the list is prioritization. One key to getting it all done is being very intentional about what we do, how we spend our time and our energy and our attention. By learning to evaluate the tasks we're doing and then to the extent we can, spending our best time, energy, and attention on those tasks that are highest priority to you, we can boost our productivity and get all the things done that really matter most to us. One tool that can help in this process of prioritizing, figuring out what's most important, what needs our attention first, uh, is the Eisenhower Matrix. This is basically a matrix with four quadrants, and I'll I'll share an image of it in the show notes. It's certainly easier to show than it is to describe, but there are four quadrants in this, and we can use these quadrants to categorize tasks as either urgent and important, not urgent but important, urgent but not important, and neither. So urgency has to do with the time sensitivity, how quickly does it need to be done or how soon? How important is the, it, it, that it get done sooner rather than later? Importance is, uh, you know, a relative term. You get to decide what's important in terms of your own goals or your the priorities put in front of you by your, your supervisor, that sort of thing. But we can categorize pretty much anything we're going to do or considering doing into one of those quadrants. In order to make the most progress toward accomplishing our highest priority objectives, whether personally or professionally, we want to focus our time, energy, and attention primarily on the urgent and important tasks. The second best practice or recommendation from a lot of these sources that I looked at is just managing our time well or time management. Now, as we've discussed before, This might be better thought of as energy management or attention management. The idea is to learn when we're best able to focus on work that requires focus. And in so doing, we can then allocate our time accordingly. So, for example, if like many people, you're more energetic and more focused in the morning, the best way to manage our time or to use our time is to use those energetic and focused hours for tasks that require energy and focus, and then save the droopy afternoon hours for administrative tasks that don't require energy, that don't require, you know, focused attention and our our sort of best efforts. And everybody's going to be different here, but the idea is to become aware of when you're best able to do certain kinds of work and then apply our energy and our attention 
to those tasks that need it. One tool that can help with this is the Pomodoro technique, which we've talked about a lot. When we have settled down to get to work on something that is important and urgent (laughs) or whatever it might be that we're going to work on, uh, we set a timer and work intensely focused on that one task for, say, 25 minutes. Then when the timer goes off, take a five-minute break and and then repeat that process throughout the day. Focused work for about 25 minutes, then a five-minute break, and every fourth break should be a little longer, like 15 minutes. That is a way to manage our time, our energy, and our attention to get the most productive work done. The third area where we need to spend time thinking about things to in order to get everything done that's important to us is task management. Most of us have far more things we need or want to do than we have time to do them. And managing those tasks is a primary component of a productive life. Keeping track of what needs to be done, figuring out what resources we need in order to do those tasks, and deciding when we'll do them. All of these are important steps in the process. And we recently talked about this in more depth in our series on the GTD methodology. You can check out episodes 440 through 446 for uh, more detailed information about that. Some of the tools and approaches that can help us with managing and accomplishing tasks efficiently and effectively include things like maintaining a good to-do list. Start each day by writing down the tasks you need to accomplish that day. Keep it you know, concise uh, and realistic in terms of how much you can actually do in the day that's in front of you. Digital tools like Trello, Todoist, or or even a simple notepad can be used for creating to-do lists. Task batching is another way to manage our tasks. That is grouping similar tasks together to tackle them all in one go which minimizes the mental load of switching tasks. We lose time when we switch back and forth between different types of tasks frequently. So grouping them, uh, task batching is really helpful in being efficient and effective. So whether it's, I don't know, cleaning all the bathrooms in your house one after the other or returning phone calls for work Uh, prepping all the veggies for the week's meals all at once, or any other group of tasks that require the same tools and type of attention, batching them saves time, both because you're not losing that time to task switching and because you only have one setup and one cleanup rather than many. That saves a ton of time that way. And finally, another tool for task management is time blocking, which we've talked about before as well. Allocating specific blocks of time in your day for specific types of activities or tasks. This ensures that you're dedicating undistracted time to what matters to you. A fourth best practice or fourth area where there's lots been written about how it can help us be more productive and get all the things done that we want to do has to do with our mindset and our focus. I think nothing makes a bigger difference in our productivity and our overall quality of life than our own mindset. So thinking about mindfulness, staying present in the task at hand and instead of 
you know, trying to multitask and that sort of thing. Mindfulness can be cultivated through practices like meditation or just simply pausing for a moment and recognizing the experience that you're in the middle of, feeling the sensations, paying attention to what you're hearing and seeing and smelling and thinking in that moment. Practicing doing that can make a big difference. And also eliminating distractions can help us to stay focused on the task at hand. So we can use apps like Focus at Will for background music, or there's an app called Freedom that can block distracting sites for periods of time if you're working on the computer. Uh, there are others besides Freedom, but that's uh, one. And I'll, I'll try to link to some other options that you might consider if you find yourself getting distracted by going down rabbit holes on various websites when you're supposed to be working on something at your computer. A fifth tool or approach or, or strategy that can help us with getting it all done is automation and delegation, kind of combining those two things. Automation means automating repetitive tasks, finding ways to make them sort of do themselves, so to speak, in an efficient and effective way. Tools like Zapier or IFTTT, and I'll, I'll try to put links to those in the show notes as well, can help integrate different apps and automate workflows on your computer. Rules in your email provider, whether it's Outlook or Apple Mail or something else, can automatically file away uh, d different categories of maybe less important emails like newsletters or other things that don't need your attention and get them out of your inbox without you having to do anything about it. Not surprisingly, I can recommend this episode's sponsor, Text Expander, which can save you so much time typing or cutting and pasting frequently used bits of text. If you uh, have a kind of job or, or side hustle or just personal activity that requires retyping the same kinds of text or same bits of text over and over, using something like Text Expander can automate that process and save you a lot of time. Delegating kind of speaks for itself. We know what that is. If there are tasks on your to-do list that others can do, delegate them if you can, whether that's at work to an assistant or someone like that, or working with a colleague, or at home with your, your spouse, your kids, your roommate, working together to delegate tasks so that you're not trying to carry the whole load yourself. And this allows you to focus on your core competencies and be more effective in the work that you're doing. Number six on my list of, of best practices recommended by so many different uh, sources is a regular review of your life, your, your to-do list, your calendar, all those things. So the big one that lots of folks talk about is the weekly review, taking time at the end of each week to review your goals, what you've accomplished, and what needs adjustment for the next week. Um, check out episodes 150 and uh, 445 and several others for more ideas on the process and benefits of doing a weekly review. This is, you know, about sitting down, looking at your calendar for what you just accomplished this week. How did it go? What could have gone better? What can you celebrate? Looking ahead to the week that's coming, what's, what's happening? What can you do now to prepare for it? 
all those sorts of things. But in addition to the weekly review, I think for bonus points, you can schedule time maybe once a quarter to do a more in-depth review of your goals, your calendar, your master project list, and your mental and physical health and well-being during this process, which maybe takes a little more time than the 10 or 15 minutes of, of the weekly review, you reevaluate your goals and your objectives and, and think about, are you happy with your progress? Do these goals and objectives still serve you or do you want to make adjustments? So you go a little deeper during this maybe quarterly or semi-annual review to make sure you're moving forward in the direction you want to go. We can have lots and lots of movement, uh, but not get where we want to go if we're heading in the wrong direction. So taking time for a regular review can make a big difference there. We've talked in the past about mid-year reviews in episodes 95, 353, and 402, among others. And we considered a year-end wrap-up, a review at the end of the year, in episode 120. And all of those episodes kind of go into more depth and more detail on an actual process that you can follow that can be kind of helpful. And I'll also try to link to, in the show notes for this episode, do some articles where others talk about ways to, to benefit from a regular review. The seventh item on my list kind of called from these various sources that I looked at has to do with self-care and taking breaks. If we take care of ourselves, we can be more productive. It's just that simple. There's lots of both personal experience and lots of research about this. So do the things you need to do to take care of your mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health. Among those things are physical exercise, regularly engage in some kind of physical activity, even something as simple as walking. It boosts cognitive functions and breaks up long working periods. And according to the resources I looked at, getting regular physical activity also helps with the next important component of self-care, which is rest. It's really important that we ensure that we're getting enough sleep, which is essential for productivity and for mental health. We talked about this pretty recently in episode 451 uh, when we talked about productivity when you're exhausted, and we've talked about it in other episodes in the past. The CDCs, which is here in the United States, the Centers for Disease Control, published a short article on tips for better sleep in which they recommend, among other things, maintaining a consistent bedtime and wake-up time, making sure your bedroom is quiet dark, relaxing, and kept at a comfortable temperature, avoiding large meals and caffeine late in the day, and removing electronic devices, including smartphones and TVs from your bedroom. Other experts that I consulted, including those at the Mayo Clinic and the Healthline website, agree with all of these things and offer some other suggestions for making sure that we get enough rest. I admit that I struggle with this one. And I, as I've talked about before, um, one of the tools that I use to help me get to sleep uh, or get back to sleep when I wake up in the night is uh, the sleep stories on the Calm app. Uh, they're not sponsoring this episode, but in you know, if you listen for very long, you know they are a longtime sponsor. Uh, and uh, the reason I <laughs> enter into uh, agreements with them is because they're a great tool and sleep is important, right? Uh, an eighth 
tool or approach or strategy recommended by several experts that I looked at or articles that I read has to do with learning and growth. Uh, We should be continuously learning both practical skills and general knowledge about the areas that are important to us. So dedicate some time every week to learn something new. You can use platforms like Coursera or Udemy. Uh, Those can be valuable because they allow you to learn new things, kind of take courses remotely. Attending well-chosen conferences or seminars might be appropriate for your, uh, for your professional life or for another interest that you have because they can allow you both to learn and to network with others in that field. Of course, you can also read, listen to audiobooks and podcasts, and search for informative YouTube videos. The point is to keep learning, whether in your professional field or just general knowledge areas that interest you. It's good for your brain and it's good for your productivity. In addition, in this area of learning and growth, a couple of sources that I looked at recommended uh, that we regularly ask for feedback on our work. This is in our professional field. So whether it's from clients or supervisors or whoever you're working with, your direct reports, if you're in a supervisory position, asking for feedback helps you to identify areas of improvement so that you can continue to grow and get better at what you do in in your work. A ninth area that a bunch of resources talked about has to do with the setup of our environment, our working environment. Uh, Having a dedicated workspace, a designated place to work free from unnecessary distractions can be very, very important in getting it all done in terms of our work. According to an article on the Indeed website, this offers so many productivity benefits, including increased focus, improved work quality, increased output, and much more. I looked at several resources about creating a productive workspace, whatever your work might be, and they kind of uniformly offered suggestions such as make sure your desk and chair, if that's what you work at, are ergonomically correct and comfortable. And this might be true if, you know, if your work isn't at a desk, but it's at a work table or something like that. Make sure whatever surface or equipment you're working with is comfortable to work with. Make sure you have good lighting. Uh, They all recommend eliminating clutter from your workspace and tidying it up every day. It doesn't need to take very long, especially if you eliminate the clutter, you can get it tidied in a matter of, you know, 60 seconds or so. Uh, Lots of them recommend that we add plants or other natural elements to our workspace, that it will help our mental well-being and help us to be more productive. They all recommend that we organize our workspace so that frequently used items are easily reached. So maybe that's something to think about if you feel like you're not as productive in your work as you'd like to be. Uh, consider whether you want to reorganize that space a little bit so that the things you use frequently are right at hand and the things you use less often can be put in less convenient locations. They also all talk about managing noise, which if you work in a shared workspace, for instance, can be an issue. So using sound-canceling headphones can help with that sort of thing. In addition to having a dedicated workspace, 
Investing in tools that can increase our productivity, such as note-taking apps, calendar apps, or project management software can make a big difference in our ability to get it all done. We've talked about productivity-related tools in several past episodes, among them episode 446, where we talked about productivity tools for getting things done, and episode 315, where I shared some of my favorite productivity tools and how I use them. So those are some sources to look at. Please let me know if you'd like me to address this topic again with recommendations for tools that can help with specific types of activity to help us be more productive. I'd be happy to do that. And finally, a lot of them talk about flexibility. In order to get it all done, we've got to be flexible. This is not my strong suit. I will admit that. I'm a planner. I like to know what to expect. And when things don't go to plan, it tends to throw me off balance. And I have to continuously work on this. We need to all recognize that not every day will go as planned. And so we need to adapt and adjust as necessary if we want to maximize our ability to get the things done, to get it all done. Again, not do it all, but decide what's important to get done and get all of that done. And so, again, this is something I really need to work on, but learning to be flexible, to adapt and adjust when life happens and things get thrown in the way, and then coming back to the plan and, and, and you know, working the plan as adjusted. I guess the most important, the most crucial aspect of any productivity approach or strategy or tool is that it should suit your personal needs, habits, and work style. It's okay to mix and match strategies until you find what works best for you. Not measuring yourself by what other people do, but looking and seeing what works for other people and giving it a try and see if that works for you. And always be open to refining your approach as you grow and as your circumstances change. So those are... 10 areas, 10 strategies, tools, approaches to life, to our work, to our tasks, to help us to get done all the things that we've determined are most important for us. I'd love to know what you think. What tips and best practices can you share that can help us all get the things done that matter most to us? If you want to share any of those ideas, you can do that in the comments section of the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 461. You can also post a comment or a question on the Productive Woman Facebook page, which anyone can find. Or if you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, that's also a great place to share resources and ideas and brainstorm with each other, uh, to come with questions of a particular area where you would love some ideas from other people about how to manage it better. If you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can do that by emailing your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I'd love to hear from you. Before we go, remember that for listeners of this podcast, Text Expander is offering 20% off your purchase of this outstanding productivity tool. Visit TextExpander.com/tpw to learn more 
And remember to use my code TPW at checkout to get 20% off your purchase. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, I appreciate you. I thank you for spending this time with me. And I, I truly do hope that you found something in it that's helpful and encouraging to you. I look forward to talking with you again soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.